Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Bionyash, and today I'm here with Russell Shannon from Rooftop Static. Hello. Hi. <laughs> how's, how's it going? It's going good. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I am the guitarist composer for the band Rooftop Static. Um, We've been together for a little bit over two years and really haven't done any marking or anything yet. 
just because we wanted to focus on figuring out our sound and everything like that. And yeah, it was just until uh, a couple of months ago we finally found the final piece to complete our project. So we are a six piece and we're ready to go and uh, have uh, over an album's worth of music that we want to start uh, playing out and recording and uh, going from there. Cool. Uh, what kind of what kind of music is it? It's a mixture of like, I guess, uh, alternative jazz rock type mm -hmm. thing with uh, I don't know some catchy pop riffs in there and that. So mm -hmm. yeah. I can de I can definitely I was listening to it earlier. I can definitely hear the kind of smoothy kind of jazz sound. I really like that. Um, so you were a five piece band before, or were you were you always kind of looking for that sixth? piece we were always looking for the six piece we did originally we did start off as a six piece and then uh, uh just basically we had to uh find the sixth person to uh, complete the project our original keyboardist left mm -hmm. and uh, she wanted to focus on her own individual stuff and okay. then uh yeah it took us like a good eight months to find a keyboard eight months that's yeah. crazy yeah. um how did you do that? How do you find someone? Um, well, we did word of mouth first, and we just couldn't uh, find the right uh, individual to uh, mix in. We attempted to have our lead singer, who was a multi-instrumentalist. He's also a solo artist. Mm -hmm. His name is Scott Hingston. Uh, he does everything, but uh, with this particular project, we wanted him to just focus on vocals, and we just realized, okay, let's just find the keyboardist again. And we tried out a couple of keyboardists, and then it was just until uh, I answered a Kijiji ad. Mm. And uh, this individual was just advertising he wanted to play in wedding uh, wedding shows and everything like that. Okay. So I decided to just ask him what type of music he was into, and he pretty much had like an old soul um, was very into the 70s type of 80s music and I was just like man you just gotta come down and uh, just try it out try it out and then that was it it was uh, we were blown away by his talent that's awesome that's yeah. great uh, so you're six six people that's a lot um, can you tell me a little bit about the other band members sure uh, well Scott's the lead singer he's always been a singer-songwriter so I think uh, Scott's released his sixth album already, so he's very, like, he's uh, more of a Canadian rock uh, type guy. Um, as for the bass player, I've been playing with the bass player for years. We've been in numerous projects before. Um, that's that's been in the past 15 years, so, uh, wow. so we're kind of knowing each other in different projects like... Uh, played in a rock band then we played in a folk acoustic project so we kind of covered a lot of genres between me and him and the percussionist uh, he did play with us in one of the projects too his name's Kevin um, he's just uh, a man with uh, tons of instruments at his fingertips and mm -hmm. ready to add any you know highlights to the music and then he brought his friend uh, Carl who they used to play in a band together way back in the day. And then... What's Carl do? Carl is the drummer. Oh. Oh. So, yeah, I have a percussionist. Oh. I have a drummer. I see. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And, yeah, Liam is the keyboardist. So, uh, he's, uh, he's the talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, how do you how do you balance 
jam sessions are practicing with six different schedules? Um, well, we've made the commitment to just practice once a week, every Wednesday. Um, we have a jam space downtown, and uh, we're very committed in doing what we have to do. And uh, just we have to put in the you know the time like every mm -hmm. Wednesday nights to do what we have to do and we communicate through email and we record all our jam sessions drop in and Dropbox we analyze it come back to the next practice and then you know go from there and see if we have a new song to work on or not and, mm -hmm. uh, cool so um how long is this uh, session usually for our like jam practicing yeah. yeah um they can run between three to four hours and you go and re-listen to it afterwards? Well, not everything oh, okay. there, but it's just like whatever, uh, we'll do multiple takes. And then once we feel like, okay, this is the best take, mm -hmm. it gets dropped in the Dropbox file. Oh, I see. Uh, okay, that makes sense. And why did you, and uh, well, how did you just decide that? Because like, I've never heard, a band, heard of a band doing that before. Um, it's the easiest way <laughs> to communicate while everyone is out and about in their own lifestyles. Like, we're 60 completely different individuals that mm -hmm. don't really have any connection with each other outside our band so uh, the only way we can make everything connect is that everyone has to do their own uh, job homework and just listen to Dropbox mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah what can I add to this or was this the, the correct thing to do for this particular song so, okay yeah. cool oh awesome that's that's really um What's the word? Resourceful, I guess. Yeah. Um, awesome. So, when we started the or before we started the interview, we actually listened to the song "Runaway," um, which is on was on your demo. Can you tell me a little bit about that song? Um, basically, I can't speak on Scott's behalf because Scott writes all the lyrics and okay. the melodies. Um, but it was just one night. Me and Kevin were hanging out at the jam spot and. Uh, it's just like I was just in the mood to write some like jangly pop uh, rock music and uh, just came out that way. And uh, as soon as Scott started adding his own uh, melodic lines to it, um, he, uh, you know, came out with the lyrics. And then um, soon after that, uh, we, um, you know, called it Runaway and that was it. Mm hmm. Awesome. That's. Uh, well, do you know what the what the story is of the Runaway by Chance? So Scott never wants to no. reveal about his. Oh, <laughs> he's like keeps it to he's himself. A mysterious guy. <laughs> the way he puts it is just that he talks about a particular moment, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he doesn't go into detail or anything like that. He doesn't share okay. any secrets with us. Well, why? Why not? Yeah, he's just like that. Just like that. Know. That's fine. I'm. I'm just. I was just curious. As a songwriter, I always like to ask. Um, people get their inspiration from, but if he's not here, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, awesome. So we talked a little bit about the other members, but can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Um, me, I just, I've been playing guitar for a while. I'm classically trained. And then soon after high school, I just started playing in many bands and learned different styles of music and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I guess I've been playing guitar over for 25 years. That's crazy. Yeah. So how did you pick it up? Um, well, it just happened that my mom exposed me to piano at a very young age. And then the school I was going to, they just offered guitars. So I quit playing piano, 
point of the guitar and the transition was very simple mm -hmm. and then I just pretty much excelled um, ahead of my class and then it was just uh, one day one of my uh, guitar teachers challenged me to write a class called Peace and um, basically I spent some time on it, it took me three weeks to write and then he submitted it to a songwriting competition and uh, pretty much, you know, the judges came back and they said it was a very thoughtful, creative piece. And then afterwards, I thought to myself, well, why not start writing music and mm -hmm. trying that out? And then uh, afterwards, it was just, yeah, I just started my first band in uh, high school and um, with a whole bunch of buds and just enjoyed writing music. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So I had so many questions, like, I wanted to ask all at once and I forgot all of them. But uh, it always happens. I, I see that there's always, like, this common, like, your parents started with piano and then you moved on to, to guitar. I don't know. That seems to always be the case. Um, how do you write a classical guitar song or piece? Well, were, there, were there vocals or was it just guitar? No, it was just guitar. Okay. So. Yeah, how do I write that? Yeah. So, that's tough. I mean, studying the Royal Conservatory, it was mm. just like you're observing and and um, getting influence, and then uh, afterwards you just start attacking it that way. So um, I'm not too sure how it came up. It was just picked up the guitar and started writing my melodic line and then adding some bass notes in there and then just making sure that it all sounded like a, a complete uh, piece. So, um, I mean, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. It's like, oh, I was just, I'm just really curious. Um, so how does this classical training affect this kind of jazzy style that you're playing in rooftop static? Um, well, what I learned like from my school, um, was uh, how to play in more of an orchestrated sound. So a lot of like our guitar concerts, uh, like Christmas concerts or spring concerts or whatever, we had to like play as a group. So um, how it helped me, uh, basically, um, instead of playing with uh, a dozen other guitarists, this gave me the opportunity to work with different type of uh, instrumentation. And, um, uh, you know, like I also played in the Winnipeg Steel Orchestra, um, the Steel Pan from Trinidad. If you're familiar with that instrument at all, I lived under a rock growing up. I don't know okay. anything, so you're gonna have to explain it to me. Okay, well, the instrument is basically an oil drum, and it's cut in many different ways. Okay, and then you take a hammer to like pound the the side of it to develop a tone, and then you just take some sticks and you just hit. And it just gives you like the normal uh, notes that you hear like from the piano or guitar. Mm -hmm. And it's just a different way of playing. So I spent four years playing with the Winnipeg Steel Orchestra and then having the, you know, the orchestra and then the guitar background. Um, I really enjoyed composing and besides what I do on guitar, um, you know, uh, just kind of being the composer, the, the leader of seeing how, you know, how drums and bass and whatever other instrument is around my guitar um, it just basically develops from there so I guess my uh, experience from 
uh, a little while back has uh, brought my high horizons where I am now today. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So other than your classical training and the steel orchestra, yep. um, what kind of modern musicians or performers influence your music? Like, Who do you listen to? Who do I listen to now? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... Oh, geez. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I listen to a lot of different music, so... I mean, I got into The weekend, and it's just because he's different, but I don't listen to, like, I don't perform that type of music. It's just to educate myself. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm really an old soul. Um, I enjoy, like, listening to older uh, R&B, um, 80s music, so, like, Sade is in my playlist all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Police. Okay. Um I don't know any R&B artist that uh, resonates with me. I would say like maybe a current band that's pretty cool would be like the heavy. They kind of do the old school R&B rock style. Okay. So um, I don't know. I, I listen to whatever I'm in the mood to listen to. Okay. Yeah. So being open to all these different genres. Um, cool. So you have the jam sessions, but on your own time, how often are you practicing? Um, geez, it's very minimal now. Like, mm-hmm. uh, majority of us were, uh, in the bands, we've, uh, we do have day jobs, so we're all <laughs> very different from each other and yeah. what we do career wise. So, um, you know, it, it really depends on my mood when I just, you know, pick up the guitar and that's it. Uh, I mean, I spent a lot of years uh, developing my technique uh, when I was in my teen years and early 20s that it was just like spending five to six hours a day just like getting really good at it. Mm -hmm. And now I've kind of taken a step back from uh, practicing. And it's just one of the the mood strikes me. Uh, You know, I'll just pick up the guitar and just twirl around. Nice. Mm -hmm. So you you had to work hard (laughs) to get good enough to kind of just... Yeah. Pick it up. Ugh, I don't want to work hard now. <laughs> but I understand. I just, I understand that. That makes sense. Um, totally switching. But do you songwrite or just compose? Um, I song, like, majority of the music that's written by this band is just, yeah, I'll start off with a riff. It's whatever mood I'm in. Mm-hmm. And it's might be angry and I'm just channeling out my frustration from maybe work or something like that. And, mm-hmm. uh there there I go I write a rock song or if I'm just in a very contemplative calm mood I'll write a jazz song and then if the band is digging the groove then I just make sure bass and drums hold down the forts and then we kind of write around the bass and drums to uh, have a nice groove going on okay so in the music you guys are writing it's the music first then the vocals or exactly, okay yeah. so you write the riff, riff, and then there's the chords, yeah, yeah. whatever mm-hmm. fancy term you need, um, like the like the, the basics, the foundation, and then there's the percussion and bass, percussion, bass, and, and drums. drums, and then I'm just keyboardist. keyboardist, and then you have all of this ready, and then you take it to present it to Scott, present it to Scott, and then he kind of just like goes away into a corner, or does he is he writing it with you? Uh, this is a very unique thing about Scott is once he hears what we're coming up with, 
Um, he's very great at uh, songwriting too because he's done his own stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Six he, albums. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, <laughs> um, he'll right away say like, "Well, don't play that E minor. You know, how about play a C instead?" You know. So he'll hear stuff like that, okay. and then he'll be like, "Okay, I got my melodic line," and then he'll start mumbling out stuff straight out in front of us. But there's no words mm-hmm. to it, and he's just singing very loud in front of us and. Then finally, he gets once he finds that melodic line. That's when he starts writing his uh, the lyrics right after. So, with you guys, or yeah, with okay, us. okay, he'll be on the spot right in front of us, or at times he'll just go home and uh, think about it, and then come back to it uh, some other day, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of more how we write the music is it's really in more of a jam session. Yeah, where it's just like we're jamming with each other, finding out what's the best thing, mm-hmm. and. Then afterwards, uh, you know, some songs might take us just, you know, the two hours to just write and done, or it might take us three weeks to like, okay, fine, we got this. Okay, nice. Okay, interesting. Um, So, how much? So, is this like a fairly common way that you write all the music, or is it sometimes the formula that we we stick to and what's been uh, succeeding? with us but with the addition with Liam into the project he's actually brought in a a different light so um, I'm actually enjoying how uh, Liam adds his two cents in and he's uh, he's a different uh, artist altogether he's a little bit younger than us so he's uh, kind of made us a little bit more modern cool so Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's good to feel cool sometimes yeah yeah Okay, um, and so you have a demo right now. Like the songs we have to listen today are from the demo. How many songs are on this demo? Just the two? Just, just, just the two? two yeah. Okay, and why did you decide to do just two? Um, well, originally we recorded five, but uh, these are only two that we can do right now to just let people generally hear what, we, mm-hmm. what we're like. It, you know, one pop song, another one's a jazz song, so you'll be like kind of thrown into two situations like these two songs don't sound similar so but there's a gap between the the two uh genres so it will kind of leave you guessing of like wow Mm -hmm. these guys might cover a lot of ground so yeah um we didn't want to reveal too much just keep it simple for now Mm -hmm. and why and but why did you decide not to if you recorded the other three why didn't you post those ones or share those Um, ones well we kind of thought about it later that uh now, as the band was kind of going through the restructuring process, um, we kind of thought about, like, we're going to be releasing the album, so we'll probably do it the next round. Okay. Through. So this summer, uh, we're going to be spending a lot of time in our uh, re- our, jam- our rehearsal space, and yeah. we're probably going to be just plugging away. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And um, did you go somewhere to get these recorded or did you record them in like one of your guys's basement or something nope. or it's a, well we recorded in our um in our rehearsal space mm-hmm. so um scott has a lot of equipment we do it ourselves yeah um, like liam just recently graduated from mid-ocean okay the base, my bassist uh patrick uh he also graduated from mid-ocean i also graduated from studio 11 uh doing the sound engineer oh, program wow. there and then Scott, he's always been doing it himself. So the six albums that he recorded, he has all those stuff. So we're pretty much going to combine all our knowledge and then just uh, give it a go. But Liam's probably most likely going to be the recording, mixing, 
individual on this project and then uh, yeah we'll put on our thinking caps once we record everything and uh, figure out what is the best uh, situation for each song and how we want everything to be mixed and mastered. Mm -hmm. Wow you guys are like it's like the perfect team if you got all that experience that's awesome that's great that's I'm so jealous um so you save those three songs for the album and those three are making it onto the upcoming album yep and how many songs are you putting on this upcoming album? It's tough to say. Uh, I, I so give... we have 17 songs. Okay. So some of them are going to get butchered. So um, we're going to do this voting process. Everyone gets the votes on their top, play favorite 10 songs, narrow it down, and then see, you know, if we need more or not. So um, what's like your goal, your like ideal number to have on the album? Idea. I think 10 would be reasonable. Okay. But, uh, I don't know, majority of our music is like you know, three, three and a half minutes on, so mm -hmm. we might need a two more. I'm not too sure. Yeah. I don't know how that all works. I know people who made um, EPs who had like three songs or could even have to have to like 10 songs. And then I've had people who have like the full length as low as 12 or 10. And then I know a guy who had like 20 songs on one of his. So I don't know, like, what's the, like, the goal number of, I don't think it really matters. I think it's more time. I don't know how it works. I was, what do you think? I don't. You have no idea? Okay, I didn't think so either. <laughs> I don't know. I've recorded a few albums in my past and, like, never really thought about it at all. It's, you know, if we have the times and it's like, yeah, we want to make the album, like, 40 to 50 minutes long, then mm -hmm. that's where the calculation will come in of how many songs we should add. But also you got to be careful of, what is the rate uh, batch of songs you're representing to market yourself? So, mm -hmm. um, kind of don't want to overdo it, and then just I mean, we have 17 songs. Should we play all 17? Put it on the album? I, I don't think so. You, so I mean, we might not. I mean, it's your music. You're the boss. That's or like you're, too. you guys can do if you want, I guess. <laughs> um, but well, I don't know what I was, why I said but. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, sorry. With how are you going to make the music flow? Do you feel like if you put them in the right order, they could they could easily flow all these songs that you guys have? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, like, we have some slow jazz songs, and then we have some intense rock songs. So I'm sure there's going to be a, a way of how we're going to put them in order. So um, I don't want to really want to flip a coin on this situation. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it'll probably involve some uh, brainstorming. And yeah. the six of us to say, yeah, this would make sense. Uh, we just really don't want to throw the audience member to be, you know, to be kind of thrown off be from a song, yeah. song to a rock song right after. So. I think that makes sense, yeah. Um, so you're going to be starting in the summer? Yep. Why are you waiting until summer? Why don't you just start now? Um, just uh, right now we're going to do a couple of shows and, uh, you know, get that out of our way. But uh, summer usually clears up for all six of us. We all have... Uh, Besides playing in this band, we all have uh, complex uh, schedules. So, um, to me, uh, everyone usually has more time during the summer to uh, get together. So, okay, yeah. that'll be more than just the the Wednesday. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Um, so, what are some of the stresses of performing with a big band? Um. 
I would say the amount of space you have on the stage. Okay. Yeah. Your eyes got really wise. I feel like you think you have a lot of stresses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when it's a six piece, um, what's happening is like, yeah, you have a drummer and then you got a percussionist. So they have a lot of uh, instruments mm -hmm. right there on their own. And then to uh, squeeze in the keyboardists, uh, the bassists, the singer, and I, it's just we got to kind of be careful of which spot and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, the singer and I usually love to move around on the stage, so we're kind of aware of, like, okay, Scott, you go a little bit to the center line. You have this space, and, and this is my, lights, yeah. And this is the way it's going to go. And then, yeah, Kevin, the percussionist, he's just behind his ensemble of instruments. That's all the space he gets, but uh, um, yeah, he's a dancer, so he just has to know <laughs> what he can do in his uh, minimal room. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's pretty much the stress of like every stage we play. It's just uh, how to position ourselves. Okay, what kind of what kind of instruments does your percussion? Yeah, play? Um, he has the bongos, congos, the djembe. Um, to hand, any handshakers, uh, bells, um, rain stick. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, I bought a whole bunch of instruments in, when I was in Mexico, and I just brought them. You're like, here you go. I'm Experiments. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. What's a Congo? Uh, con it's just uh, Congo and bongos are okay. Bongos are the smallest hand drums, and bongos are the bigger. Oh, okay. Drums. You're giving me, like, hand motions, but people who are listening aren't going to know. It's okay, no, it's, I'm just funny. It's like, okay, this is what it looks like, everyone who's listening. And this now this is what... That's yeah, funny. Yeah. No, but that makes sense. I, I know it, but I'm sure just people have to Google it or something. And there was another one you said after Congo's... Jimbe. Jimbe. What is that? It's more like an African drum. So it's... Uh, I don't know, like, which country it's from. You know, let's say it's from Australia or it could be from Africa. I, I don't know. That's okay. Yeah, but it's just a big uh, hand drum. And you can see that actually a lot of a lot of people play that at the Folk Fest a lot. Okay. Jim, how do you spell it? Jim Bay, I think. Jim's. Jim Bay. Something like that. Okay. Oh, I just looked up J Jim as in J. Is that what it looks like? Yes. Okay, so it's J-I-M-B-A-Y. Sure, yep. Yeah, so people... Uh, cool, okay, I've seen those before. I don't go to Folk Fest, so I've never seen anyone perform it, but cool. Great, that's that's so interesting. Um, what was I going with that? Uh, how, do you, how does you, how do you know, or how does he know what instrument to play for each song? Does he just feel it, or...? Yeah, he feels it, so. Okay. And then if we have our own individual things in the in our head of what needs to be highlighted, we will suggest, hey, pick up bells, pick up a handshaker. Mm -hmm. um, so you just see him on the stage, like, moving around really fast, or does yes, he pick one? The, okay. he's all over the place. Mm -hmm. so the way he uh, picks uh, which instrument to play is really, we kind of divide our songs into sections. Obviously, there's a, an intro, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, so... We get them to be a little bit structured when we're moving through the uh, different parts. Yeah. And just to uh, to add a, a little touch to each part, it's almost like the icing on the cake. Okay. Uh, nice. It's a way to describe him. He's, mm -hmm. the icing on the cake. He's icing on the cake. Okay, that's so sweet. Um, <laughs> so it sounds like you have a lot 
of instruments and a lot of, I'm assuming, like the back, the, like wiring. What if you forget something? What if Kevin forgets something? What if any of you forget something? Um, Have you ever forgotten an instrument or lost an instrument? No, I always play with my, my guitar and challenge. Really you you have like, boards, you so. all bring your own things to the to the gig or, or do you have like a van that you all load up? No, no, no. We all have our own vehicles. So, uh, okay. Yeah, that's the way we do it. So. Yeah, I hope I didn't like, I didn't ruin it for you. And um, next time, I hope he doesn't forget anything. <laughs> Sorry, I just snuck on wood. Um... <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> what is your proudest accomplishment as a musician? It can be either before rooftop static or during. You can pick one for each. I, you know, honestly, any musical experience I've gone through is probably the proudest moments that I've gone through. So, I mean, just being a musician is your proudest accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very rewarding. It's mm-hmm. something that no one has control over. You get to be in control of of your own arts and that's it um i mean some things that i could mention is like when i was in the band with patrick and kevin um the band was called one day september we recorded an album live in front of an audience at the west end cultural center oh, cool so it was just the whole night um mind-numbing experience of like wow you have to play this correctly in front of the audience it's yeah. only the one take you have and this is what's going to be uh, on the album. So um, that's scary. That's uh, the preparation. But you did that. it. Yes, yes. The preparation to do that. The six months prior mm-hmm. to doing that show, it was constantly being drilled and playing to a click track and making sure your technique was just on perfect, perfect to uh, execute. So, I don't know, that was one of mine. And then, yeah, I played in a band called Blueprint Gallery, um, just playing in that band in various uh, venues. Uh, we've toured uh, Western Canada. Um, actually, Patrick also was the bassist towards the end in that project. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just, you know, playing at you know, different venues and the recording experience. That was another music highlights. I mean, my current situation right now is a situation that I've never been in before. I've never had, like, a six-piece band. And, um, yeah, I would say this would be a a huge accomplishment. uh, Very happy with um, at this point. Great. That's so exciting for you. I'm so happy that you're happy with everything you're doing. (laughs) What am I saying? Um, Great. Um, So do you get nervous before, before, before shows? Um, yeah, I'm getting, yeah, you know, with this project, uh, we don't get to gig as much. When, uh, you know, back in the day, it was easy for me to, uh, walk onto any stage and it was a piece of cake, but yeah, it's kind of trying to refresh myself to just like calm down, you know, Mm -hmm. don't worry what the audience is thinking or they're not into the song or not or they're into the song that's great um just do your thing and then enjoy your uh, your time on stage and that's it mm-hmm. so how is how is this different than previous previous stuff? um i guess you know like since we're a bit older um we're i think the frequency of playing out live has uh, diminished for us so we don't play that many shows how we were when we were younger so 
I guess the difference is uh, when you're not used to it on a weekly basis and now it's going to like once every two months it kind of changes and you're like oh yeah I gotta prepare myself to do this gig and remind myself of what it's like once I get that onto the stage usually the first song I get all my jitters out and then afterwards it's yeah I know mm-hmm. it feels like home on the stage nice yeah. cool so um when you're you're older an older not older you're not an old musician <laughs> that's not what I was trying to say but does that affect how, where you pick your shows or where you pick to do your gigs and stuff? Yeah, um, uh, yeah, we're very uh, selective. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, when I was uh, much younger, uh, it would be, oh yeah, I'll play at any dingy bar, no problem. And but uh, I think majority of us in the pro in this project, we we've gone through the bumps, we've gone through the um, the questionable places to play and we've kind of gained our vix experience of like no this is where we want to play because this is uh, the best place for our target market and you know even if our friends or our, f- our fans come out we want to make sure they're comfortable coming to the venue that we're playing at mm-hmm. and also we want to feel comfortable where we're playing so yeah. with the particular music we're playing it's we really just like focusing on pubs, lounges, or any concert hall that will uh, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, so with this album that you're going to be recording, do you plan on going on a tour? Um, not too sure at this point. We're just going to focus on Manitoba for now. And if it happens... And it could work out, yes. We'll definitely, you know, go to the couple of provinces over and then see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, would you like it to, to go, to be bigger if it's a sex, successful album? Um, would, would you be willing if to? If there's be, a demand and yeah. people are, uh, you know, digging our, uh, our, our material, yeah, we would definitely, you mm-hmm. know play out as much as possible and see where it can lead us mm-hmm. okay cool i'm just just asking um um so how how do you find your gigs um well they're kind of surprising sometimes uh some gigs could be um some people might be just sitting down watching us and other times we'll just have people just start dancing on the dance floor so mm-hmm. um but majority of them they're very uh pretty cool uh you i still have strangers walking up to me after the show and like totally dig that that was very groovy so um i think that's really the greatest compliment yeah. you know when someone when someone up to you yeah. and says i really enjoyed what you guys did there and mm-hmm. like, thanks you know it's really flattering someone digs your music yeah <laughs> that's yeah. awesome yeah. <laughs> i love that word um but sorry i worded that question weird um how do you find the shows to play like how are you are you calling these locations or venues saying like hey we want to play or are they going hey we have a night open do you want to play uh no i'm calling okay i just book the times and pretty much hassle um all those uh, people that are in charge of uh hiring the bands and mm-hmm. then, yeah i just go from there at this point um we're not in demand yet yeah. so it's just really we're at the beginning stages yeah. of uh we have to get the name out there and mm-hmm. uh, 
see what happens at this point. So, um, no, we're uh, we're doing everything our own. And yeah, uh, yeah I'm on the phones, emailing everyone, and trying to get us booked. Mm -hmm. um, so you do all of the the booking, and what what makes what's how what have you found works for you that's successful to getting your band booked? Um, well, this is kind of like. Uh, like my day job because I'm on the phones a lot and um, I deal with uh, you know clients um, how it crosses into being in this band is just you got to constantly hound the individual and just shoot them email leave them messages on the phone uh, voicemail and then eventually you get that uh, phone call back or email back and say hey Russ these are the days that we have open does it work? Yes or no? Get back to us right away. And that's it. So it's the constant knocking on their door to find out who's the main contact person to uh, get into the mm -hmm. venue. And that's it. Mm -hmm. To me, that's a piece of cake. Too, yeah. So. Okay. Cool. You have no problem yeah. doing it. And are you are you at a point in the, in the, I don't know, in the band's life? I don't know. That, I don't know how to say that. Where you want to be performing regularly, or it's just when it's kind of convenient for you guys? Uh, both. Both. So, I mean, with having Liam join our project, um, he pretty much put his foot down. He's like, guys, I want to gig once a month. I think that's doable, um, but I'm sure we're going to run into snags with our, you know, everyone having a, a different schedule. Yeah. Everyone goes on vacation at different times, so... And then everyone has different uh, priorities in their life. So it could be family or it could be, uh, you know, career related that might pull the person away from being in Winnipeg. So mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like a juggling act to just find out what's the best way to uh, get this going. So really, uh, I think the best thing is we will want to gig once a month. Mm -hmm. nice. It just happens next month. We have two gigs. So. Oh, very lucky. You were talking about that in just a second. Um, so, but... One more thing about uh, kind of general music knowledge, since I have you here. What is the best advice you received since you've been working in the music business or in, this, in the Winnipeg music community? Best advice? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what? It was just, uh, I think the best advice is just if you believe in yourself and uh, you want to uh, succeed, um, of, I don't know if it's really advice or if it's what I really learned from playing and absorbing and observing uh, from other musicians that you know you just have to be strong and do it yourself and if you want to get known you have to take care of your your own craft and treat it like a business and market it uh, the best way you can um, at this point so I right now I'm at a point that I I believe in what we got going on, so it is at the stage that uh, I'm going to be pushing it for mm -hmm. the next little bit. So, um, I, yeah, if you love music, just keep on playing it and getting mm -hmm. better at it, and that's it. So, and what if? How do you, especially for artists like myself who are for, kind of just getting used into performing and revealing their own music, how can they get over that like fear of people? not liking it or people judging it or people looking at it because it's, it's, it's something that's really personal it's like you're it's what you can do as a musician or as a songwriter or as a singer 
how can you do you have any advice on getting over that like kind of wall of like sharing your music with others um as long as you can keep on reminding yourself it's constructive criticism but if like someone came up to you and told you straight out hey you're not kind of for me music or anything like that and or if you clean clear out a, a bar or a concert hall and people are not sitting around maybe that may be an indication that you might have to do your homework again and kind of rediscover that talent but mm -hmm. otherwise if uh, I hope that never happens to anybody I'm just gonna say that now <laughs> like I hope that like that never happens to you <laughs> or me or anyone yes. oh um, but I have nightmares now because of you <laughs> Sorry, sorry, do that. Uh, how to get over that? It's just that you can always take advice from others, but it's it's really what you truly passionately feel, and what you can find the balance with. Um, you know, when I was younger, I used to write a lot of complex music and stuff that didn't make sense and didn't follow the formula of how a, a traditional song would uh, flow. And with this project, you know. Ended up, uh, you know, after playing so much music, I realized, like, yeah, the attention span of the audience is very limited now. That you gotta, whatever you can cram within three minutes and have it make sense and at least create that spark in that individual. Mm -hmm. If they can connect with that, then you've done your job right there at that point. So, how do you that's a complex question you've asked me i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a good question though it is a good question i, I just don't know how to answer that uh, properly uh but it is uh i don't know i don't have an answer i'm sorry that's okay i'll ask someone else no big deal um no that's totally fine i just that's like that's what i'm dealing with the most right now is like that fear of others I've always been one of those people that people's opinions affect me more than anything. Like I, I change my either my personality or and that's not that's not a good thing. People shouldn't do that. But I grew up in like with being insecure and having people validate this quotation marks validate me by giving me feedback is kind of how I've been. So writing some or expressing something so personal is really hard for me to do because I'm so worried that people will not appreciate it the way I do or like it so I just want to I just want advice what I'm doing now is asking for advice from other people to get validated to put my music out there which isn't really helping my thing but I you know honestly I just try not to care too much about what others think mm -hmm. um, you know if I'm playing in a room with 50 people and one person comes up to me that one person outpowers the 49 people that did not come up to me yeah and validates the reason why i'm up on stage mm -hmm. so i guess that's what i thrive on if someone a stranger especially a stranger don't really care about my friends but yeah. please friends do come out yeah and my family um yeah i love the support but it's just really any individual out there if they're nodding their head tapping their foot or you know shout at me and say hey can you guys play like an Al Green song or whatever it's just like wow I you know affected that individual and they want to uh, they want to hear more out of me so mm -hmm. um, that's the ultimate compliment that's true that's a good feeling yeah.
Great. So you guys are having uh, a couple shows cup com- uh, upcoming coming up. Yep. Tell me a little bit about them. Um, so April 16th, we're playing at Shannon's Irish Pub. That is right beside the RBC Convention Center. Mm-hmm. Um, we've played there twice already before, and it's, uh, it's a good uh, establishment. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. It's got a good layout. Yes, it is. It's got, like, pool. Yeah, pool, <laughs> pool is good. Yeah, and a stage. Yes. And they actually have a... Uh, um, piano there they do which i always thought was cool because i've never really been to a pub that has an actual and have you played the piano there? i did once i okay. i came in like i gotta play this right now there's no uh i don't remember i don't think so oh. i don't it's okay i, I wouldn't it kind of looks like a decoration that's what i think it is yeah i think it's for like their karaoke night or something um they do i, I don't maybe not because that's not what karaoke is oh anyway okay let's move on um <laughs> and your second show is at the cavern um, which is April 23rd. Mm-hmm. It's also Saturday. They're both Saturdays. Saturdays. Yeah, two Saturdays in a row. Um, yeah, we. I, last time I heard, we are opening up for a band that's from Toronto, but I can't remember the name. Right okay, now that's okay. Yeah. Do you have event pages on Facebook? It's going to be up shortly. Okay, week, yeah. Okay. great. Um, by Friday? Sure. By okay, because then we'll... I will link... To the event pages on my blog. Oh, make sure. Yeah. Okay. Wicked. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Very wicked. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, no, I love it. Like, no, I'm actually like, I really love it. So I just, I'm trying to say it to like ingrain it because if that word can be in my vocabulary, I'll be very happy. Sure. So where can people find you in social media? Social media. Um, well, we have the Facebook page. Um, we do have a website, um, but we kind of are learning that websites are not the number one way to go. No. Um, so Facebook, we have SoundCloud that has our two songs, and then we have our Twitter accounts. Yep. So they're all connected to each other, update one of them, and then all of them get updated. That's yeah. It. What um, I found through research, I'm going to give you some advice, you know, since I just know so much. Yeah, Wicked. <laughs> Um, what was the other word you used? I wanted. Oh, I can't remember. It was funny though. Uh, sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> using your social media to link to your website is the best way to go. Um, or, or if you're not going to do it that way, use your website as a portal to your social media, whatever you use the most. Uh, also, social, Facebook's dying. Apparently, um, I tell this to everyone now because I learned this from one of my classes that I teach. They're a bunch of 14-year-olds, and they're like, we don't even have a Facebook account anymore. Like, Facebook is for old people. I was like, you just broke my heart because I live on Facebook. It's Now it's Instagram and Snapchat. Yep, I've heard about those. You've heard of them? That's good. That's good. That's the first step. Um, you should get an Instagram. That's like, I love Instagram as well, so I'm okay with that one. But okay. I've started using Snapchat um, to get to be part of be the one of the youngins to feel involved. I it's it's a it's like they have really cool filters on. Have you seen those things on like like a face swapping and um yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's from the um Snapchat. Wow. Mhm. Cool. Yeah, you should try it. And if you guys are at your jam space, you can just take a picture of like hey, jamming or take like a 5 second video of you guys jamming. That's a good way to do it. Wow. Mhm. Well, I guess I'll have to tell Kevin this because he's in control. Yeah. Social media. You should just to get yourself out there. Um, so we're running out of time, but 
Social media is good. So I'll also link to all your social media links. Uh, and if you guys get Instagram, <laughs> I'll put it on there too. Um, we're, about to, we're about to go. But can you um, tell me about the song we're about to hear? Too Late. Wow. Um, <laughs> too Late is... <laughs> we still have time, but the song is called Too Late. <laughs> uh, basically, you know... I went to Vegas, I uh, saw the band Shaw Day, mm-hmm. and I was I studied their music for a while, and then basically that song, the music was a kind of influence from their style of music, and then uh, pretty much I presented the song to Scott, and um, he, he approached it with a, a Daryl, uh, well, kind of like the Hall and Oates approach, kind of jazz approach and yeah it was just um a song that uh, kind of resonates with all the members that it's a slow i don't know if it's a i don't know what type of uh rhythm if it's a bossa nova or if it's uh I, I can't remember which type of latin rhythm it is but it's just one of those like relaxing tunes that uh calms you down that's it so wait, did you write the lyrics or you just wrote the guitar? I wrote the riff, okay. uh, the music, and uh, Scott wrote the lyrics. Mm-hmm. To it. Okay. Awesome. Great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, that's all I have to ask of you today. Do you, would you like to add anything? No. No. Uh, thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. No, abs- this, was, this was great. This was fun. Yeah. I like this. So, everyone, make sure you go to Shannon's Pub on Saturday, April 16th, or, or preferably both, and or... Um, Saturday, April 23rd at the Cavern um, for Rooftop Static. Um, this has been the Winnipeg Music Project. If you missed the first half of this interview, don't worry. You can download the interview at umfm.com or wait till Friday at 8 a.m. I'm not going to say sharp because I said last time I said that I was late. So around, around 8 a.m. on Friday at www.winnipegmusicproject.com where you can listen and download the interview and find the event page links, the social media links, and a picture of us. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a picture of us. Um, yes, that's uh, great. Um, so thank you so much. This has been Russell from Rift Static. My name is Ashley Bianesh, and you're listening to... Oh, this is 101.5 UMFM, in case you didn't know. But now you're going to be listening to Too Late. Thank you.